Hey, what is up? And welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it's your host Dallas, as always. Um, I don't actually remember what this podcast is called. I don't remember the title of it, but whatever the title of the podcast is, welcome back. Um, in today's episode, I just wanted to drop a little quick episode to let y'all know I'm continuing this podcast um, and uh, give you a little update on what had happened and where the you know that made me stop recording the podcast. And where we're going from here, this episode is going to be literally one to two minutes. It's going to be a very brief episode just to get us back on track. Um, This episode, um, if you're listening to this one, uh, this will probably be season five or something like that. There's literally before this season and after this season. It's literally one episode, you know, season one, then season two. And I might separate the episodes in season one and season two. That's how different life is from then and, you know, uh, the prior episodes and and, and now. Um, To make a long story short. Man, March, February, January, man, it was it was some of the darkest days of my life, and, and a lot of that was cataloged on this podcast. I'm sorry for the things that, you know, the ideas that were, you know, coming from me on this podcast, you know, um, I would like to think that they came from a good place, but they really didn't. Um, the idea of the Jones Room and, and, and what that represented, um, you know, obviously it was something that would help people it would it would do better for people but but the marketing and the idea and the name behind it was something that was coming from somewhere beyond now i'm not a very religious person i'm not a very spiritual person well i guess i'm spiritual i don't don't know but when i say proverbial you know the devil and god i'll reference that in this episode i mean that in a proverbial way a lot of the you know ideas that were mentioned in the like the last few episodes of this podcast before this one um were, were me in my darkest hour they, they were of the devil you know the devil was out here in los angeles and, and he, you know he he gets into you he talks to you and he talks through you and he creates things and like i said i mean that in a proverbial sense not 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 necessarily a literal sense um it might be literal who knows i'm, I'm not you know omniscient or anything like that but but that was kind of you know the experience that i was going through so for uh january february march you know i was at my worst I was at my lowest, you know, I couldn't pay any rent. Um, I was missing rent back to back to back. Um, every paycheck that I, you know, had in my bank account got stolen because of the loans that I had taken out and I was going into the negative every single time. Um, you know, the love that I had in my life was disintegrating. Um, it was, it was a nightmare. I'm gonna be honest with you. It was a nightmare. Um, there were times where I just didn't even mind whether I lived or died. You know, it was times where I minded and I would break down. Um, if you're familiar with the energetic scale, like I lived a lot of my life, you know, it at, at, at levels of, you know, the energetic scale is a scale of essentially our emotions, the scale of our energy. And it goes from the bottom level apathy to things like, you know, a little higher like fear, and then a little higher like pride, then a little higher like courage, then a little higher like desire, then at the top is the love, joy, and peace. Um it's basically a scale that represents where we are energetically and emotionally in life. And a lot of my life, I lived on that scale, um, one between 125 and 190, between pride um, and, and, and desire, real real desire and ambition for life. I've lived very low on that scale my entire life. But living in pride and ambition, I was a person that, you know, I wanted to accomplish things. And for the last five, four years of my life, I wanted to build this business. And it wasn't working. I wasn't accomplishing. And, and that weighed on me to such a degree 
that I sunk into levels in the last few episodes of this podcast, as you can hear, of fear. Like I was scared every day that I would miss rent and what would happen and I'd be evicted. I wouldn't have the money. And, and it happened and it came true over and over and over again. It was like my nightmare was re-realized over again. There was a time where I was sitting on, on the balcony looking at the city. You know, and it was it was morphing in front of my eyes, like literally like distorting. I was just so screwed up in the head. It was crazy these last few months. Um, I wish I had, you know, podcasted through them, but, you know, there's a time where you got to put it down because the ideas that you're just going to put out, they they not it. You know, it's like a Kendrick Lamar line. He said, it's hard to channel your energy when you know you're crooked. And I was bent out of shape, man. I was crooked. Um, but, yeah, uh, that, that desire was collapsing on me, man. I was living in fear. I was living in a constant state of anger. I was arguing every day. Um... I just dreaded life. It wasn't a good time. I was trying to fight back, but I dreaded life. I dreaded everything about it. And eventually I reached, you know, a place not of apathy, but just complete resignation. And I kind of just gave up and, 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 and surrendered. I hit rock bottom. The episode where I made was how to escape rock bottom. And I hit rock bottom, I believe, after that. That's the crazy part. I hit rock bottom after that. I didn't know it could go lower, but you went, I went lower than the basement. And it was something surreal. To give a little brief uh, explanation of how I got there, I'm going to go into the full story in the next podcast episode, but essentially, you know, what happened is this, um, you know, uh, I dropped out of high school, uh, no, I dropped out of high school, <laughs> I dropped out of college a few years ago because I wanted to create a business so that I could make music because that's what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to be rich and I wanted to be famous and I wanted to be a great musician that changed the world and people to thank me because I changed the world. And that's originally what this podcast started as. How do you get people, how do you change the world so that people can love you for changing the world? Um, A lot of it was, you know, centered around getting love, getting thanks, getting appreciation. Um, And essentially, you know, I thought, you know, if I showed intelligence, if I showed dexterity, if I showed uh, 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 cunning, you know, in, in, in all these qualities that's necessary to, you know, to put together a business and I actually made something out myself, my parents would be proud of me. The world would be grateful for it. And I would I would have the love. I would have the admiration. I would have the praise. Um the validation. Um I didn't notice at the time when I first jumped out of college that the validation was fueling me, but the validation was definitely fueling me. You know, I thought it was the desire to change people that was at the forefront and the validation was just something that was under the surface that was a subsidiary thought. But really, the need for pride and validation was running the show. And so I went through the next couple of years failing over and over and over again. I started making business literally at the beginning of 2018. It's 2022. It's senior year. I have never had success in business. I've I've barely even printed a dollar from business. And, you know, year after year after year after year, trying to build this business, chasing this dream and believing that your love, your validation, your praise, your worth as a human being is in that business, is in that future. And having it not come to you, it grinds on you. It wears through you with time. And it wore me down to a place where I was just... You know, I was just a shadow of my former self and it's something that I really couldn't deal with. Um, everything really changed when, you know, this March of this year, my brother kind of hit me up. Um, he's in the military, so he comes and goes. You know, he's a, a officer in the submarines. And so he comes and goes. He, he goes under the, on a short, you know, under the, on his tour under the sea and he can't communicate with us for months because they don't do that. And, you know, he came up, you know, uh, once, you know, just for my birthday. And he was like, hey, man, look, uh, that was one of the things I was dreading the most because that was a milestone for me. I turned 25 this year. And I was just thinking to myself, man, like, 
I'll have to be rich and successful and famous before I turn 25. A lot of you might listen to this podcast and relate to this. Oh, I got to be rich and successful. You wear, you you disappointed. You're angry at yourself because you're not rich and successful before a certain age, a certain milestone. You, I, I moved away from home, you know, just to just to start and prove everybody wrong and make this business. And I'm like, I can't go home until I make this business. I can't make go home until I prove everybody wrong. I can't go home until I'm the one, and, and then I can then I'm deserving of a family. Then I'm deserving of validation. Then I'm deserving of a relationship. I can't get married or have love until any of this stuff happens. You know, this was kind of my thought process and you know the crazy part about it is you know it, it, you know i don't know like it all collapsed upon itself um and i remember i turned 25 and i was just kind of like dang like we didn't make it we didn't do it before 25 i was having night terrors and i was i was waking up with cold sweats and you know having trouble going to bed and you know just 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 tearing myself up mentally and i remember right after i turned 25 i got a little bit of money for my birthday and my brother just was like yo you want to come up to, uh, he asked me a bunch of times, you want to come up to, uh, you know, Washington, you know, kick it with me, you want to come up to Washington, kick it with me, you want to come up to Washington, kick it with me, come on, see something new, do something different, let's enjoy our time together while we're here. Um, it was one particular call, though, when he got on the phone to ask me that, we had a long conversation about life, and the craziest thing is, he was detailing me that he went through kind of the exact same processes that I went through, and he was telling me about a lot of his lowest moments, where he broke down, and where he had to go through the dark, and where he couldn't find his way, and, and he had to, you know, to rely on somebody else as, as, as the anchor on the shore, or, you know, rely on somebody else as the lighthouse in the distance, and he's saying, man, you need other people, and he was just breaking it down to me, like, man, everything that you're going through, man, I can help you with, I had a lot of loans that I had to pay off, it was damaging my credit, it was damaging my bank account, it still is, it still eat me up, um, and he was like, man, I'll pay all that off for you, and I was like, no, no, you know, that's not right, I can figure out the way I'll do it. And so I appreciated the financial help a lot. But one thing from that conversation that really stuck with me is this. He just asked me, he was like, yo, think about, you know, the happiest moment you ever had in your life. The moment that meant to you the most. And I was like, okay, yeah, I had the moment in my head. And for me, one of the happiest moments ever was when I won the JV County title as a, as a fresh, uh, as a sophomore in high school for wrestling for my wrestling team. And that was like absolutely one of the high points of my life. Like the feeling of bliss and joy couldn't get any more perfect and I remember you know everybody in the stands like this was one of the most pungent memories to me and it was it was furthermore brought to the forefront because it was like what did that moment consist of did it consist of all these things that you're talking about these riches and this fame and this clothes and all like you know did it consist of that and I was like, no, I remember back to the memory of my family, like my, like my family, essentially my wrestling family in the stands just going crazy, just happy and shouting. And, 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 and it, you know, that, that, that put me over the edge. Like that sent me over the moon. It was nothing like that in the world. And it kind of like broke it down for me. Like they made that moment important. These people made that moment important. People in love and, and having people around you that are like to you, that are relate to you is all that ever mattered. It's what he was breaking down to me. And when it really, when he really said that, it clicked. And I thought of several moments throughout my life where I've been in absolute bliss, you know, with my girlfriend and things like that. And I'm just realizing, like, yeah, one of the most important elements of 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 of, of my life and my love and my joy as a human being has been moments of people. It hasn't been moments of things. It hasn't been moments of clout. It hasn't been moments of esteem. It hasn't really been the accomplishments. It's been the people that's been around me in every moment. And as cliche as that sound, a lot of people were in a, in a race. A lot of people were in a are in a place where they can't relate to it yet until they get to the end of their own personal journey. But for some reason, I was just so far bottomed out, like I had finally come to the end of that journey and it made sense to me. And uh, the funny thing is, I, w- I would always say in this podcast and before this, like that was the first moment I ever felt like anybody was proud of me. That's the first moment I ever felt like anybody saw me. 
That's the first time I've felt validation. And just from those few phrases, it made me think. It made me break down the anatomy of that moment. What about people? What about that moment made me so happy? And it was that I had validation. It was that I had love. And I felt like I never had that before. And it made me think furthermore. What is that called? What happens when you've never had love before? And I started to dove back into my past and dove back into my childhood and think about all the moments where I just wanted love and companionship and community from friends, from my family, really more than anybody else. And I remember having conversations with my homie's dad about, you know, my family situation and things like that, because their family situation, they had love. They were they were they were like brothers. They were like a team. And I never really felt that I never really had conversations or sat down or with my parents or you know, went out on trips and, you know, ate together and, you know, like sitting next to them on the couch to this day is just an awkward experience to me. You know, uh, we never really had that relationship. And so that thread, that tangent that I went down, it made me realize like, wow, like I've been chasing those experiences, those moments all my life. And there's something in me. This is this is a further thought that feels like an inherent you know, further down that tangent that inherently feels like you know, uh, because I didn't have it then, there must be a reason. It's a, I'm justifying it subconsciously. I'm undeserving of it. And the way I came to that conclusion is I realized this. Like, what what, what do you do with love when it appears? How do you interact with love now because of those experiences, because of those memories? What do those experiences fuel inside of you? And I thought about it. Um, for me, for the last few years of my life, I've been like a social recluse. All my best friends and things like that, like family, whatever, I just don't talk to them. And it's probably because of the way that I grew up. It's probably because the circumstance I grew up with is love. And I thought about it further with 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 people that I meet, like it was a security guard that works at the place that, you know, uh, that I live. And, you know, he one of my he one of my homies, like a one day one. Shout out to you if you listen to this, bro. Um, and. um, But when somebody I meet somebody like that and it's love, like I like I rock with them, like I realize like part of me gets scared and wants to avoid them you know it's like uh it's like they validated me they seen me and now i do what's called leaving with the validation like i don't want to lose that validation i don't want them to realize who i really am the unlovable person from the viewpoint of the people who you know that i was around when i was younger i don't want them to realize that kid and then be like okay i'm taking the validation back i meet someone at the 7-Eleven, the local store, the local grocery store, and I become accustomed to that cashier, and they start to like me, and they start to greet me when I come in and ask about my life. Then I stop going to that store. It made me realize that the way that I grew up made me avoid love. I was avoiding love. I was avoiding companionship. I was avoiding, you know, uh, a, a good... Uh, I was avoiding community. And I was taking that avoidance because I didn't feel like I deserve it. I mean, I was taking that love because I didn't feel like I deserved it. And I was placing it into a far off future that I couldn't reach. When I become a billionaire, when I become rich, when I become famous, when I become successful, when I become this, that, and the third. I was putting it into a future that I couldn't reach. And I was depriving myself of the love. Because right in the moment, I didn't feel like I could deserve I deserved it. Like I, I felt like it was something that I, it wasn't inherent to me to be loved, to be lovable. It wasn't inherent to me. It was something I had to work for. It was something I had to strive for. I had to become a person. My value was in things outside of my body and not inside of me, not inside of my spirit. Love wasn't me. And if you look at the energetic scale, you know, love is at the top of the pyramid. Love and joy and pieces are at the top of the pyramid. And I was putting the top of the pyramid. I was putting my highest energetic level, my best self out into the future. 
And this is a, I'm going on a complete tangent almost, but it was enabled, it's disabling my ability to think, to write, to create, because creation at its highest and all these things, it comes from love. And I was putting love far out there where I couldn't reach it. I felt like I didn't deserve it. And so to bring everything full circle, what I realized, I started looking up on the internet, like, what is, what is this called? What is this? And it's called a uh, uh, avoidance style of attachment. An avoidance style of attachment is an attachment style, like how you attach and how you relate to people in relationships, romantically and platonically. It's a style that develops when a kid gets inconsistent care, t- caretaking and provisions and things like that. So when they cry and, you know, the, you know, the parent shows love sometimes, but not all the time because of the chaoticness and the unpredictability of it. Uh, the children who are avoidant, they eventually turn away from love altogether and they start to avoid love and they start to not want it. Um, and I realized like looking through the symptoms of someone that's avoid, avoided style of attachment, like, wow, this is, this is who I am. Like I'm an avoidant. I'm, I'm actively avoiding love in my life. I'm avoiding not only love romantically and platonically, I'm avoiding self love. I'm not giving myself grace. I'm not giving myself humility. I'm not giving myself favor. I'm not giving myself, I'm not, I'm chasing pride. I'm not even being truly proud of myself. I'm chasing pride and validation from other people, putting that into some far off future. I'm not even being proud of, I'm not nourishing my body and it's depleting my ability to create and create things and make things that are beautiful at the highest level. Like music, I wanted to write music and create music. I said, no, I'll put that in the future. I'll make this business thing first. I'll get the money first. I'll get the validation. i get the, like, you know, you notice if, if you have a, a career that you want to pursue, whether it's arts or whatever, you can't, you haven't done it yet. You probably don't want to do it because it comes from a place of love. You don't even have the energetic availability. You don't have the energy to actually push out something like that because you're living so low on the pyramid. When you're depressed, when you're in fear, when you're apathy, all your energy is drained. You feel like a husk every day. You feel like it's hard to get out of bed every day. And that's how I felt. And so what I realized is, well, from, from this conversation with my brother is that I, I have an avoidant personality style. I have an avoidant style of attachment. And I've been avoiding love. And everything that I feared from my life, that I wouldn't get love, that I wouldn't make it, that I wouldn't, it was, it wasn't, it, it, it was a matter of that I wasn't getting it from the people around me. That's, that, that can be true also. But it was a matter that I was ducking it and pushing away. And love, validation, acceptance, social power, social status, prestige, all these things are right around you. And you just have to open the floodgates and let them in. And I decided to research and look up, like, how is it that I open the floodgates and let it all in? Um, how is it that I get over this avoidance style of attachment? And so that's what the last few months has been about. You know, how does how is it that I get back to 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 being who I'm supposed to be? How do I get back? Like, how, how do I immediately access? Like, how do I first off? Let me explain this in a better way before I just go on and rambling. The last few months, really for me, I mean, I, I guess upon really realizing that I was avoidant. I immediately put in the practices to not be. I started calling my parents. I started hanging out with friends. I started going out with my girlfriend. And life now, between now and then, is like night and day, just almost instantly. You know, I just let the love in. I stopped running from it. I let it in. And I'm, I have some of the best friends that I've ever had in my life around me now. And you know what? Funny enough, business opportunities, like I have you know, we're making a funnel with, with, you know, somebody that lives, a friend of mine that lives where I live right now. Um, I'm also making a studio up North. Now it's his studio with a friend of mine that I met at work. Um, opportunities and businesses, 
and, and, and money and, and, and joy and, and love in life just instantly came like it was natural, like it was there waiting for me to realize it was waiting for me all along. Um, you know, and, and what, what this chapter of life is, is about is how do I, how do I, how do I create love on my own? Instead of finding crutches outside of me, this business, this money, this thing, how do I create love on me, like inside of me on my own? How do I create love and push out something beautiful? And, you know, it's, you know, the paradigm has flipped, you know, validation and praise and all these things that I want to take. This inner sucking energy is not at the forefront. I really want to change the world now. I really want to change people's now. And it's given up a new power to everything that I do. And so what life right, right now is how do I create love internally, not get it from drinks or alcohol or weed you know the feeling you get from alcohol or weed or something like that like that feeling is how you're supposed to feel maybe not as exaggerated but it's how you're supposed to feel and how everything you push from that heals other people everything you push from that is funny everything you push from that is brilliant everything you push from that is lovely and beautiful like it's how you're supposed to feel this point in my life is how do i create that inside of myself how do i create love inside of myself so that i can bring more of it to my life because people want to be a part of that. And so that the generation that comes from me, one of my biggest fears was that I would screw up my kids. I was on the path to screw up my kids because I was avoidant. And being avoidant is literally a generational curse. Um, but but not like a curse curse, but like, you know, you, if your parents are probably avoidant, they're probably going to be avoidant of your love. And it's going to make you avoidant. <laughs> Just like that. So how do I, you know, push out love and so that I can raise a new generation so that I can create the things that I want from life? Um and so the next chapters of this podcast is probably going to be about that. How do you create energy with inside of you? How do you create love inside of you? Um, and so that you have more utility in your life. And what that means is so that you have more power within social settings. You know, um, you know, like you're, you're either at the will of someone or something, whether it be the job you're at the will of. You don't have enough social power to create a business and, and create cash into your life. You don't have enough social power, uh, you know, to to influence people to want to be with you and so you chase the people that you want whether it be a young lady or a young man or a friendship um you're at the will you're at the mercy of life because it's you know it's a battle of energy and they're exerting their energy on you because it's simply stronger how do you have more power and energy inside you internally so you can exert your will on life and create some of the beautiful things that you want how is it that you create enough energy inside of you so that you can create the life that you want in terms of love so you create the life that you in terms of you know you want in terms of your career in terms of the way you want to change the world how do you influence things around you um through the creation of energy inside you and through the process of further beating your avoidant attachment personality um so that's kind of a roundabout but that's kind of what this is going to be about from now on um i don't know when i'm going to rearrange the episodes and the seasons or what i'm going to rename the podcast but i hope you keep up i love you more than anything um, and I thank you so much for listening. This is Dallas, and this is the podcast. Uh, I'm kind of like the energy um, is kind of like 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 I don't know when I open these podcasts. Though it's just I just ride the wave of energy. The energy is kind of tapering off. I don't know if I have much more to say. I appreciate you for listening to this episode. Uh, if you want, you know, to learn the three laws of social power. By the way, if you're young, avoidant, and you struggle with people, if you want to connect with people and supercharge uh, your way to the life that you want. I have a free class on it. It's at www.buildmyeq.com. Um, the class opens and closes sometimes. So if the site is up, you can register. If it's not, then it's not. Um, but www.buildmyeq, like emotional intelligence, eq, 
two letters, buildmyeq.com. I hope you register for the class. I hope it can help you out in some way, shape, or form. I appreciate you so much for listening. Thank you, and I'll see you in the next episode.